All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game. DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs. Make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. Our baby Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a gunner kennel when he goes to and fro. And in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints. And even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Sliding the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel it's force fetch baby it's the number one question we get asked you don't know how to fix it let me help you let me get you to your goals we built a course bunch of videos i think there's 13 or 14 videos start to finish on how you and your dog can get through the force fetch process successfully the link's in the description be sure to check it out and let me help you and your dog What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. As always, thank you so much for your support. We're getting some five-star reviews. We're getting some cool comments. We're getting a lot of feedback on old Instagram, at Lone Duck. Thank you all. It's super fun to hear from you and answer your questions and grow this podcast. So tell your buddies, tell your ladies, it's going to be more growth 2020 so keep tuning in now we're doing a little different episode tonight kevin had an idea we're gonna switch it up a little switcheroo skidoo and we're gonna do something called an ask me anything now i've never heard one of these things it reminds me of my college days and how old are you that you've never heard someone doing an ama literally when you said we're gonna do an ama tonight i'm like excuse me my god and so he goes ask me anything i'm like what is this a college drinking game Little never have I ever. I don't even know. AMA wouldn't last long. No, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, yep, done it. Yep, done it. Yep, done it. All right, need to do that. So uh, it's it's. I'm excited for it. I don't know any of the questions that he wrote down. Nope. So it'll be the first time hearing it, and I think we'll have fun with it, and it'll be a cool way to get to know me a little bit. You know, Lone Duck Bob, Yankee Bob, Uncle Bobby. I've been called a lot of other names, but we'll keep them here. Yeah, no, that's fine. We can keep we'll get, You can all that. use your creativity. <laughs> but first, quick thank you to our sponsors. You know who they are. Yukonuba Bebe, the food that fuels our dogs, building champions. I'm really pleased with it. I think if you'd like to try it, now's the time. They are. They have several different blends that I think you should look up and learn about before you pick the right one for your dog. The puppy blend is suggested for 0 to 24 months. 
the adult blend is a great blend for active dogs, athletic dogs, but maybe dogs that don't do work every day, all day. It's kind of what I feed my dogs because uh, they're half, well, not even half, they're mostly house dogs, and then we hunt on the weekends and sometimes after work and all that good stuff, but it, they do great on it. Right. And then the 30-20 for those high-tilt, full-tilt, working dogs daily, putting in miles, working hard. So check out the right blend for you and yo dog. Uh, Gunner Kennels, what can I say? Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming, baby. And listen, they've had some deals. I don't actually know if you get this tomorrow. Their deals might be coming close to an end. So if you want, check them out. Gunner Kennels, the safest ride for yo dog. Lastly, Waypoint Outdoor Collective, big ol' thank you. They are the host of our podcast and the analytic tool that keeps us in tune with you and your needs. Check them out. They've got a lot of other outdoor podcasts. Waypoint Outdoor Collective, baby. All right, we are with the AMA, Ask Me Anything. We've got Instagram Live rolling, and Scott ripped in real quick with a first question before kevin even got to answer i got andy in my lap too so if you hear licking in my ear that's her um it's cute gives me tingles (laughs) um somebody wants to know what kind of dog that is this is an english setter andy is my meat dog grouse dog woodcock dog pheasant dog lap dog and having a hard time finding her spot on my lap here um scott asked if i've ever shot a band I have, and I think they've only been goose bands, and one was uh, a neck collar, so I had a neck collar and a leg band on one Canada goose, and then I've killed two other Canada goose bands, so no duck bands for me. Memphis has picked up a couple duck bands, but other people had shot them. All right, Kevin, what's your first AMA, you tool? If anybody else has a few things. uh, Later, Andy. Andy's going to totally knock over the thing here. That's all right. Uh, if anybody else has stuff. Oh, Scott says thank you. Nice. Yeah, man. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm reading everybody's on Instagram. Uh, how do you deal with a whining dog in the hunting blind? Got any advice? Uh, I, I had this question from a client of mine come in today. Whining in the blind. First of all. Kev, let's get into the AMAs, but I'll answer That's this a good, question. Somebody had a question. I know, I know. It, it's it's easier to deal with in training because in training we can handle the situation. We can deny the dog a retrieve. We can – one thing I like to do that's not a physical correction is I'll heal the dog towards the bird being thrown, and as the, the bird is going off, I'll send the dog as they're walking. So instead of being sitting there and pent up and excited and they whine and yip and carry on, you can create some distraction by healing and sending them while they're walking when they're not expecting it and there's no sound. Um, That's a nice way of doing it. Another nice way would be like straight up deny them the retrieve, walk away, get them under control, come back, try again. Sit up, you know, and then the other thing is just hammer on obedience. Um, so I guess to go back, like, let's say my dog whines, okay, heal, no bird, here, 
go pick up that bird, buddy. You know, my bird boy. Go, right. Or, you know, okay, you have to use wingers or you throw it from your hip. Whatever the case may be. Nope. Dog, no retrieve. Walk away. Put him up. Go get pick that bird up. Or for me, I've got a bird boy. Pick that bird up and you're done. Yeah. And then I bring them back out. When they sit still and they're quiet, they get to retrieve. And it it is the – literally, I can train a dog to jump through hoops. To get a dog who's overly jacked up and whines is hard to fix. So then in the duck blind, it's even harder because what are you going to do? You can't de- – you, you, you can deny them the retrieve, but it's probably going to make it worse. You can use the e-collar, but that could make it worse. There's some things, and, and like, I'm going to tell you how to do it or – what to try don't judge me this is not necessarily what i'm telling you you should do this is what other people have done it works i've tried it on some dogs boss my dad's dog you know you bite him on the nose so you grab him by the nose and you go and you bite him on the nose and hold down and then let him go that's an instinctual dog thing that a mother dog would do to a dog a puppy to correct the puppy for whatever they're doing so they get it some people bite them on the ear some i think grabbing them by the collar and shaking the snot out of them where they're like whoa okay uh and you're just snapping them out of that fixation that crazy mode but i promise you none of those things could work one of those things could work all of them could work i don't know your dog i don't know how bad it is but I can promise you it's easily the hardest thing to fix. So, Where uh, and when did you get your first dog, Buck? My first dog, Buck, he is now in March. He'll be 10. I got him in Ogdensburg, New York from Border Crossing Kennels. Cool. I see Greg and Nancy Mills, excellent people. They're probably in their mid-60s, I would say maybe a little bit older, and they run the same circuit I run. So I see them in Ohio. I see them at, really? at, in New York at tests. I see them at Master National. Buck's mother got a Master National plate. Yeah, at buddy. almost 10 years old, she's still running and looks good um, and got a master her first Master National plate this year. That doesn't make sense. How is she 10 if Buck's going to be 10? He can't be 10. They're both almost 10. Oh, Mom. Buck's mother. Excuse me. Sister. I'm sorry. I was going to say. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, Buck's sister, Ruby, got a Master National plate. I don't know what I was thinking. But I've seen Buck's mother run, actually, back in the day. Right. You know, just really neat. So, anyways, these these are great people. Well, what I would recommend to you is not to buy a dog out of a paper. I did. But back then, I knew what I was looking for. I knew I was looking for Grand Hunting Retriever Champion, Master Hunter, Field Champion, and in this little, but I still would look in the newspaper just to be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to get a Great Dane? Wouldn't it be cool to get a this? And just seeing what was there was like a mini hobby for me to like daydream about a dog that I've always wanted. So long story short, I'm looking through and I see Labrador Retriever puppies. I wanted a yellow and it said yellow, AKC registered, GRHRCHMH by Senior Hunter. And I go. Excuse me? In the newspaper? It's not like newspaper y. No, you never. And back then, there like Facebook, I was twenty two. So this is well, ten years ago, because Buck's gonna be ten. So let's say ten years ago. <laughs> I know, my I suck. 
10 years ago, face there was no Facebook retriever page. There was no not there was a good the, one at least. Yeah. No, there wasn't one, dude. It was not parents and grandparents weren't on Facebook. It was college kids. It hadn't developed what it is now. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you no, probably don't yeah. even know because by the time you were on Facebook, it was becoming what it is now. So, they had you had the newspaper, you had word of mouth, and you had RTF, Retriever Training Forum. That's how you found litters. So, I see these GRHRCH, and I call these people. By the way, my parents were on vacation. I was still living at home. So, I call these people. He was $750, which what, back then, you know, around 1000 bucks, you were buying a really good puppy. So, I call him, and I'm like, I, I'm barraging this person because... You put Grand Hunting Retriever Champion puppies in the newspaper in Syracuse, New York? Like, what is the deal? And they're like, nope, yep, the father's this. I looked him up. Sure as heck he was. Yep, looked the mother up. Sure as heck she was. And and I called my mom. It was Mother's Day. I called my mom, and I go, hey, how how are you? And they're on the beach in Florida visiting my grandparents. And I said, do you love me? And she's like, oh, honey, I love you so much. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I love you too. I'm like, listen. <laughs> Listen, how, how much you really love me? She's like, honey, I love you. I love you so much. I'm like, because she didn't know. She, she had no clue what I was doing. She thought this is a sweet Mother's Day thing I'm doing. I'm like, well, I found a puppy. And she's like, excuse me, huh? I'm like, yep, I found a puppy. But, you know, I'm living in your home. I want to make sure, you know, you and dad are on board for this. Um, honey, if it'll make you happy. I love you, and I want you to be happy. And I'm like, all right, all right, well, you have a great Mother's Day. I'll see you later. I'm driving to Ogdensburg, baby. I'm pulling in their driveway now, so that's good. Yeah. So I remember we were at Aunt Shannon's house celebrating Mother's Day with Grandma and all our family. My mom is one of ten. She's the first of ten. So our family gatherings are like a village meeting. It's a rodeo. Yeah, it's a village meeting. So now I walk out of Aunt Shannon's bedroom or kid's room or wherever I was. And I'm like, all right, my sister, Kelly, let's roll. We're leaving. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to get a puppy. And we drove, I don't know, let's say we were having brunch. We drove to Ogdensburg, roughly two hours away, north, picked out Buck. Um, I actually wanted a darker yellow male. And the one that I pulled out of the litter was the only dark yellow he wanted nothing to do with us, and he wanted nothing to do with a, a bird or a pigeon that I, he had frozen. And so I was like, ah, you know, we'll put him back. Let's pull another one out. And the next one I pulled out was Buck. He was batshit crazy for the pigeon, loved being near us, was adventurous and inquisitive. And that's old Buck. So how'd you uh, settle in on his name? Well, Bob Owens, Buck Owens. My grandpa Owens used to call us Little Buck, Young Buck, and Buck Owens, and I always thought a badass gun dog's name would be Buck. So when you combined Grandpa and, you know, just kind of cool that Buck Owens, country music singer, and it's a cool name. I just, I mean, I had that name picked out for years. Oh, I remember that. How'd you pick out his uh, real name? His AKC name or whatever. Yeah, so his registered name is Running with Wild Wild Women. So when I was living in Ireland, I played rugby in Ireland, 
um, it was kind of like a farm team. So for baseball, you would play on like, for us, it's the Syracuse Chiefs, Sky Chiefs, or whatever they are now. And if you do well, you move up to the Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays. I think. I mean, this is this is no, like that was like ten teams ago. Yeah, but that's I don't right. know who it's they the play Mets for now. now. It's the Mets. Oh, yeah. cool. Hey, that's neat. Tim Tebow was here or something. Tebow, raise up, praise up. Yeah, that guy. So, um, anyways, with the farm team out there. Yeah, so Probably like you could have played. Time. You know, this was like they called it um, J one, and J one was like. The next level up would be almost pro, and from that almost pro, you'd be playing pro rugby. Um, super great people, and I what an experience. But in rugby, if first off, shout out to anybody who plays rugby. I want to know. Direct message me if you play rugby. That'll be sweet to find out. So... Anyways, we sing songs. You play against another team. You go to a bar. You go to a party. And you sang rugby songs. And all of us in college, like let's say we, I played at St. Bonaventure University, we traveled to University of Buffalo or Penn State or Fredonia or Geneseo. We, we traveled around central New York playing rugby, and we would sing songs like Yogi Bear and Hey Baba Luba. And Not songs that you can sing on this. No. So we would sing these songs, and the other teams knew them. They were rugby songs. We all knew them. And if you screwed up the song, you'd drink, or you'd shoot the boot, or you'd do all sorts of crazy awesome stuff at a rugby party. Well, Ireland's no different. So we go to the bar, and we we played a team called Tralee. It was a city in Ireland called Tralee. And we're sitting in the bar, and they start singing this song. Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. They'll drive you crazy. They'll drive you insane. The kicker is, this is a Muppets song from like 1970s. YouTube this. Everybody go, pause, go to YouTube on your phone. Unless you're driving, then I would recommend you don't. And type in cigarettes, whiskey, and wild, wild women dash Muppets. And it's going to pop up like 1974 or something. And you've got this dude sitting around a bunch of Muppets, and they start singing, Cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women. They'll drive you crazy. They'll drive you insane. And, I, and like, this whole bar is just going, and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. I love Ireland. And so... In your AKC, you have a certain number of letters, you know, like let's say they give you 36 letters. Well, cigarettes, whiskey, and wild, wild women was too long. So I thought, all right, well, what if he's running with wild, wild women? You know, he. I was hoping I would be. he'd be a stud dog. I was hoping he'd be the best of the best. And somebody just put the YouTube link in there for you. Nice. Live. So if anybody's interested, or I'm assuming that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, you want me to keep singing? No, I, I, I see how jacked up you are, though. That's great. So, so anyways, um, I tweaked it, but it, it has meaning. So, like, you got Buck, Buck Owens. You've got Running with Wild Wild Women. And actually, every dog I've owned in some way, shape, or form is named after a song. So Memphis is Lone Duck's Queen of Graceland. But Memphis is from the song... Walking in Memphis, which is a family favorite of ours. Our sister loves that song. Um, 
I love that song. Go to, yeah. yeah, it's just a go to for a cool party, like end of the night, great song. Um, karaoke nights, whatever. So that's where she's from. Quinn is. Oh well, I had to use her kennel name, and it's Razors Lone Razor and Lone Ducks Fire Mountain, and it's a Grateful Dead song. Fire, fire on the mountain. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nobody tuned in today thinking they were going to get a full yeah. on. Uh... And then Brew is Lone Ducks, One More Drink, which is a Dave Matthews song. Bartender, please, one more drink. Could you make it strong? Because I don't need to think she broke my heart. My grace is gone. One more drink and I'll be gone. Okay. So that's that's where it all came from, everybody. Andy, These were supposed to be quick-hitting songs. I know. Or quick-hitting questions. Andy doesn't have a registered name. i got to still register her <laughs> raggedy ass. And so. that's her name. Raggedy. Well, it is, but I don't know a song for raggedy. Write that in. Maybe there's a rap song. But it's usually songs I like, so make it a cool one. Go ahead. Next AMA. How come uh, you prefer Black Labs? Once you go black, you never go back. What are your thoughts on grits? Love grits. Why? Um, I'll tell you the truth. If you just gave me a bowl of plain grits, I will eat them. I can't do oatmeal. I hate oatmeal. I don't like the consistency. I can I can choke it down because it's healthy for you, but like literally, I I almost throw up when I eat it. It reminds me of baby puke. How often do you eat baby puke? You been puked on by a baby? Probably not, actually. No, you don't hold no, babies. No. Why would I? They Again, they just puke on you. Right. Well, it's like oatmeal. So I don't dig oatmeal too much. But grits, I do enjoy. And it's like not that different as far as like soupy, slimy, gritty, whatever. Grits. But if you put a little cheese and butter and salt and pepper and you mix it in with your egg and you put some bacon and you slap it on your toes, maybe a little corned beef and hash. Get you some. Yeah. Grits. Uh I know that you really like your trailer. You have an 18 hole dog trailer. It's pretty awesome. But what kind of truck do you drive? Dodge Ram 3500 Cummins, baby. Why? Ram nod. <laughs> I'm trying to start the Ram nod across the country. So if you see me and you drive past me, I'm going to go like this to you. Ram nod. Team Ram nod. Not Ram rod. Team Ram nod. So we do need teams. to have like a hashtag Ram nod. Uh, so let's start that. Um, why do I drive a Dodge Ram? Because it was a lot less expensive than an F-350. I love Fords. I love the look of Fords, but it was like 20 grand less. Didn't you used to have a Ford? I had an, F, an 06 F-250. It was a 6.0 engine, and I totaled it in a snowstorm like... What's up, Andy? I'm sleepy. Um, maybe six years ago, I totaled it. Hmm. Uh, was that probably your favorite past truck? Because you've had a few now. Uh, my first truck ever was a four-cylinder uh, stick shift Toyota Tacoma. 2009, if I remember, the year. Then when I was starting Lone Duck, I had dreams of like buying a camper with a What's it called? Toy hauler. 
So it would have a back section where you could have all your inventory and travel to all the hunt tests and all over the country and train with people and haul this camper and I would sell my gear out the back of it. And so I bought the F-250 because I was traveling a ton and it never worked. Um, it never worked out to do that. I'm glad it didn't. That would have changed the course of my life and career. So I'm glad I didn't do that. But I bought the F-250 because I was actually traveling up and down the coast a lot. And I was pulling like an 8x12 trailer and you could have done that with a 1500. So after I told that truck, I had a... Was that your Colorado? I didn't have a Colorado. That's child's play. I had a Sierra 1500. You did? Yeah, the silver one. Hmm. Yep. So I had the Sierra, and then I put a four-hole topper on that. Uh, And that's kind of what started the training. My first topper was an old Shamrock four-hole. I bought it for $650, and I had that for... Two years, yeah, a little while. Started. Um, what was your first gun? First gun was a C- Stevens twelve gauge side by side that my dad bought me for a hundred bucks off a buddy from work. That was my first gun. What kind of guns you own now? My second gun I ever bought was a Remington 870. Classic. Then I Blue have... man. Yeah. Yeah. That gun... Yours kind of stunk, though, actually. Mine's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Kevin's got, the cl- like, a good 870. I had, like, the shit one. And truthfully, everyone says, how do you jam a pump gun? I don't know. That thing jammed all the time. You'd have to slam it on the ground to rack another shell towards the end of its career. So now it just rides with me training and it's like my training popper gun and whatever um so it's still in use slightly rusty now not well taken care of um my another gun i have was my grandpa owens's it's a marlin 22 uh peep sight open sight i haven't shot that in a while we should go kill squirrels with that before i go south say when yeah that'd be fun um i've got a 10 gauge charles daly Damascus barrel that Grandpa Casey gave me, and that was, I believe, his father's, and it was like early 1900s. Um, I've never shot it. I should. Uh, what? What? Ten gauge? That's not something you just buy. You can get dicks. ammo for it. It has to be really, really like RST. You know the loads that I need for my yeah. other guns and Dad's gun. Yeah, yeah. So you can get it, but I just should take it to a gunsmith and have them look at it and make sure that it's shootable yeah um but that's a gorgeous gun oh yeah um i have a 20 gauge a5 it's a light 20 browning a5 i have an ithaca 16 gauge side by side that has three a matching barrel set that matt decay gave me that's Sick. Real cool. 22-inch barrels, 26-inch barrels, and 30-inch barrels. That's from the early 1900s. Um, got a deer gun, too. I've got a 16-gauge Ithaca Model 37 with a scope on it for deer. I've got... What else? Pistol. Yeah, I got a, a Smith & Wesson M&P 9mm. 
Um, I'm trying to think. I'm no. I'm well, looking at Browns. Oh, I Tory. bought no. I bought a Savage two seventy this year. You did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it. didn't know. That. Yeah, yeah. Didn't shoot a deer with it, so <laughs> that gun sucks. Yeah. Well. Um. What else? <laughs> I know. Send it back. Thanks, Joe Pacific. Shout out. Hope people don't mind I use their last names. I guess they can text me and tell me they do. Uh, and then I've got one more, and I'm racking my brain on you it. You got a Browning Satori? Oh, yeah. T- I was going to leave it the best for last. My Browning Satori, um, that's my that's my gun. That's I have all those guns, and 99% of the time I'm shooting my 12-gauge Browning Satori, bent ribs up and down the whole barrel, Nicks, broken stock, cracked forearm, best shooting gun. This is not a Browning ad, but if they want to pay me for it, they can. <laughs> we just rattle off like 35 other types of companies, too. So that's fine. It was, it, it's my favorite gun. So you I don't know what I'll to do. shoot guns? Excuse me? Remember learning how to shoot guns? Yeah, dad taught us. Um,. My earliest memory is the sand pit near Racket Lake, New York, at my grandpa Owens' camp. Yep. And dad would put balloons and milk jugs with water in them, and we would lay down and shoot 22s. His, what gun is it? It's a 22 it's octagon a- barrel. I don't remember the make. I don't either. I don't. I don't know. I'll get back to you all on it, maybe. But it's, it's awesome. It's sick. Nineteen oh eight was when it was made. Yeah, hmm. nice job. But it's an octagon barrel, twenty two, open sight, and we would lay down, you know, and set it up. And each, you know, my yeah. sister would go first, and I would go, and Kevin would be in the car crying because he was. A, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I was probably four or five. I was when we were five shooting. when I when he let me first shoot. Yeah, it was probably four or five, and. You know, safety. He taught us how to be safe, and that was my first gun I shot. And then he had another twenty-two. I don't know the model, but it had a scope on it and the bolt action, the bolt action, the magazine, everything. Uh, what do you want on your gravestone? These, I told you, these are going to be out of nowhere. Wow. The first thing that came to my mind is is uh, podcast R rated. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Friend to all, lover of dogs. Man, I don't know. That's I don't even know what goes on gravestones. Either. Hopefully, That's I'm like ninety something. Yeah. Minus yeah, dementia. I if I have like dementia or something, just off me. But I would have to say I don't know what goes on a gravestone, but I hope people remember me as being friendly, fun, hardworking. And someone who cared about other people. What uh, what do you have to tell people about wrestling goats? Ah, I didn't know where you were going with it, but now I do. <laughs> um, Told you we're going all over. It's my favorite pastime. I've always dreamed of being in a rodeo. Uh, and in South Carolina, a good friend of mine, Hunter... He has, uh, I don't know, it's not goat a... Goat business? Yeah, he's a goat hustler. <laughs> not a hustler. He's a hustler, baby. And he'll buy and sell goats and other farm animals at auction. And, like, he works on 
he worked for a company, Duke Energy. I don't know exactly what he does. I don't know if he's a lineman or whatever, but he he's a hustler and he loves the farm life. Well, yeah, flipping goats. He loves farm animals. He grew up doing it. He used to break horses and train horses and sell them. He's just a, always, you know, if I can buy it for twenty and sell it for forty, done. And he might sit on it for a week, but it's getting sold. He might sit on it for two months, but he knows he can sell it and make a profit. He's just a cool dude, opened his home to me, a true friend, but he's a goat wrangler, man. And he will go to, like, he'll find goats $50 on Craigslist, and he'll haggle them down to, like, 12 bucks a goat. And we'll drive, <laughs> we'll drive, you know, to Timbuktu in South Carolina and knock them down to 10 because we're here. And he'll buy, you know, 20 goats and let them out in his pasture and then take them to market and get them for $60, $70 a goat. And sometimes, like, the big goats are even more $150 goats, and he'll get them for dirt cheap. (laughs) He'll have stud dog goats. Well, it'd be a stud goat, I guess. What do they call Billy's? Yeah, Billy Goat. Billy Goat Gruff. Right? I don't know. Scruff? I don't know. Anyways, um... So when you unload them, you got to, like, wrangle them, and you got to grab them and grab them by the horns and, like, ride them into a stall, if you will, or else they're going to be, like, kicking and getting squirrely on you. So I was like, give me the biggest. I want the big one, baby. And, of course, we've had some bush lights. He's a, He was a Bud Light guy. I think he dipped into Miller's, but you know me. I stayed true to my roots. Yep. And uh, so we'd had some some beers, and we had to unload the goats. And uh, yeah, I love it. it I, I, truthfully, I'd wrangle goats all day. That's my if I, if you said, "Hey, Sunday, we're going and catching goats and moving them," I'd be like, "Done, game." You had a good Instagram that people should follow, other than you making a crack about following Lone Duck. That's a good question. Um. I could shout out my friends, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> a friend to everybody. But, yeah. But <laughs> a friend it. to everybody until I say suck it. Uh, you know, I enjoy meat eater. Yeah. I they love do have good stuff. I enjoy, uh, their stories. I enjoy the knowledge that they pass on the recipes. I think they are, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, um, they're good for our industry. They're, yeah. Stewards of our industry. They present the killing, harvesting, and eating of animals in a articulate, educated, not whack them and stack them and red bleeding arrow, you know, and they're every 30 seconds not doing an ad, I guess like I am about Bush Light. Yeah, I know, right? You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, (coughs) excuse me, overly... No, they're just, they do it right. They do it right. And they're good. They seem like good people. Um, I like. You got anybody else? I'm just trying to think of, I mean, I'm sure everybody's a meat eater follower that listens right. to this. So, but if you aren't, you should check them out. Let me come back to it. I'll, I'll right. think about it. Yeah, no, that's good. I'll um, think about it. How often do you like to eat boiled peanuts? Boiled peanuts? Boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts. Exactly. Boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts. Yes. Uh, not that often, actually. Like, I don't go in a gas station in the south and get boiled penis. 
You got to look into that. Uh, nah, I don't know. I like them. I'll eat them. But I don't pull over on the side of the road and get them. Like from, I've done it, but I don't know. Maybe I should more. The southern, like if I'm going to stop at a gas station and get some, I like pork skins. I never thought I would. But like those, I don't know, they're not called chicharrones, but I don't know, they're good. And they're good with a beer. Uh, if you had to watch one movie on repeat, what would you watch? Hmm. Hmm. Back in the day, I watched Boondock Saints a ton. And, like, every St. Patrick's Day would be, like, you'd skip class and drink Guinness watching Boondock Saints. So that would be one. I also liked, what was the one with the kid who dipped out of life and moved to Alaska? Oh. Into the wild. Into the wild. I went up there. Oh, did you? Yeah, uh, where he died, there was, like, the bus. over that hill over there. No shit. Uh, Yeah, it was, like, private land and stuff like that, so we couldn't actually go over there. But everyone was like, man, people always get lost over there, and everybody has to go find them, and it sucks. Yeah, no, I love that movie. I love the soundtrack. I love the idea of going against society and what everybody tells you you should do. Like, oh, go be an accountant. Well, nothing. Accounting thing sucks. Or you might love being an accountant. I just, if you love it, do it. But if you don't love it, don't do it because you're told to or you think you should. Right. And I thought that movie was a really cool get away from society type of thing. Uh, what is the coolest hunt that you've done so far this year? This year? um, I don't know. That's a good question. This year has been a blur, dude. That's I would fine. say probably the cool one would be, or do you have any good hunts planned so far? I mean, you're going down south, so I'm sure you're going to do something exciting. Well, literally tomorrow in like eight hours, I got to wake up and I'm driving to Blaine's and we're going to hunt wood ducks Thursday and then we're driving to Florida and we're hunting the Gulf Coast for a couple of days and then I'll be back Sunday. So I'm really excited. Redheads, bluebills. Um, that should be really fun. It's a little cast and blast. We're going to try and catch some redfish and trout, um, in the afternoons. We're going to drink a lot of beer and just decompress. Um, I think probably this year, my favorite hunt, it'd be like the week that Steve slippery, Steve Salomon and Nick Hippolito took off from vacation and we used his layout boat and we People were banging on birds in the layout boat while the other groups were banging on mallards in the shoreline, and it was great weather, great bird work. Um, Oh, no, excuse me. My favorite hunt was with Eric and Nick and you where you could call a bird from a mile away, and he'd turn and come and cup up and do the work. It was the most fun to watch birds you know, you can I can get them to turn, right? Like, I can get ducks to turn and work and work and work, but they don't always come close enough. Or they might turn and work, but then they see something and buzz off. These ducks were just doing it. And you could call, like, oh, I see a duck way off in the distance. Usually, I would never even think to call at them. You'd hit the call, wail on it, and here they come. Holy cow, here they come. That was probably my favorite hunt. That was cool, too, because that was our uh, good buddy's introduction to duck hunting. He'd never done it before, and we woke up and dragged canoes pretty far and paddled in, breaking mm-hmm. skim ice. and Yeah, it was neat. Freezing our... It was state land, too. Yeah. So that was cool, public land. Um, and then the, the last hunt that sticks out in my memory 
was when we ran out of gas. Thank you, Slippery Steve. Ran out of gas uh, on Oneida Lake, and we we're a distance offshore, but luckily the wind was pushing us toward shore, and we called an Uber and while Steve was going and getting gas for the boat. <laughs> we shot uh, seven golden eye and a old common merg, so we still had fun shooting. Um, but you know, and that's a memory of the season that'll be yeah. fun to laugh at. Suck it, Steve. Yeah, take that, Steve. <laughs> uh, how'd you get Andy? As a lab guy, as a retriever trainer, what got you into and tired, very tired set of right now? There's a couple of reasons why I got her. First, I've been training a lot more pointers, so I wanted to hone my skills. And, ha you know, if I didn't have any pointers in training at the time and Johnny down the road wants to bring me his short hair, I'd have her on the truck to show him, like, hey, this is what I've done. Um, so that is positive. But I've always wanted one, straight up. I've always wanted um, a pointing dog, and I've always loved setters. And... There was a gentleman, I don't know if I've talked about him on the podcast. No, you, you, you've mentioned him a couple of times, but not in elaborately. Well, not like why. Sure. You know? So my dad grouse hunted and woodcock hunted with this gentleman named E.B. Hendrick. E.B. Hendrick was a World War II vet, um, a, uh, a Mensa, which is like an, a genius. You take a test, you're Mensa and you're a genius. Um, really cool old timer. And I remember being young, young, sitting on his sunroom porch in Florida. His wife would give us like sparkling flavored water before it was a thing. Now it's like everybody's got a LaCroix or LaCrux, whatever you call them. LaCroix. Canadians. French Canadian. I don't know. Nothing against French Canadians. I actually like them too, but you get me. I'm Good kidding. syrup. Good anyways, syrup. so anyways, I, these are things I remember, right? This is like yeah, childhood the memories. random flashes in your memory. Right, and I was young, and he would, in his sunroom, he had English pointer paintings everywhere, all bird dog stuff. And uh, he actually had a home here in Baldwinsville where we're from, and he had horses and would do field trials, and he was one of the founding fathers of pointing field trials here in New York. So, anyways, another thing he did, he gave me a dog encyclopedia. So, it was from the 1930s. It was the AKC Encyclopedia of Dogs. I memorized A to Z, the different breeds, where they're from, their purposes. I could recite it backwards and forwards. It's just what I loved. And I was like eight, nine years old. And last we hadn't had a dog. Too. Yeah, probably the last book I read. Um, so... He, his memory and the things he instilled in me, whether he he didn't even know he was doing it, have played a role in building my passion for dogs, the unspoken bond, the memories we make in the field. As a kid, I daydream about chasing beagles. I would, you know, read where the red fern grows 80 times, uh, watch that movie. Like, I just I wanted a hunting dog so bad. And E.B. Hendrick started that. So fast forward to, you know, now I'm a professional retriever trainer. I don't own a setter. And I'm talking to my friend, Carol, whose husband has English setters. And I was like, you know, I think I'd like one one of these days. You know, why not? What's one more dog, right? 
And she's like, well, you should call our friend Styles Bridges. And I'm like, eh, never heard of him. Sure, give me his number. And I was just kicking tires. I wasn't serious. So I call Styles up, and he's an older gentleman, and he's telling me, you know, about Grouse Ridge, which is a, an extremely famous English setter line. And he's out of, you know, his lines are out of Grouse Ridge, and he and Grouse Ridge owner were good friends, and they'd trial together, and, you know, they helped develop these lines of famous English setters. And uh, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, how did you get started? Or no, he goes, where are you from? I go, I'm from Baldwinsville. And he goes, oh, no way. Um, I've run a ton of field trials in Baldwinsville. I go, oh, cool, cool. I used to go to him as a kid and, like, ride my bike and watch him. And I go, you know, not that I'm sounds like it, but it's like, you sound old, but would you know E.B. Hendrick? And he goes, are you serious? How do you know him? And I go, you know, I, I just told the story that I told you all. And he's like, E.B., I was young, and E.B. got me started. And, like, when he moved to Florida, he gave Styles all the training gear he needed because E.B. was getting out of it. So I'm like, no shit. Well, I guess I'm coming up to meet you. Like, it, it just was one of those things that the stars aligned. There's a reason why I was given this guy's name. There's a reason why I called him that day. There's a reason why he picked up. And I'm going to get a setter, and it's going to be a female, and whatever. So me and Nick Hippolito drive up, and it was like 10 a.m. He's like, you guys want some training juice? Pulled out a case of blue lights. We hammered around on his, you know, ranger and trained pointer you know, setters and had a riot. And uh, that's how I got Andy. Raggedy. Yeah. She's a good dog, man. She's a good dog. She's going to have some puppies one of these days. Love her. Uh, oh, here's a good one. I always like to ask this question. Bust my friend's balls. If you had to, gun to your head, coffee or beer for the rest of your life? Beer. So you can't have any coffee in the morning ever? You cold, have, you cold. You can have beer gun. in the morning? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. You know what? Think I, about it, though. Like, would, like at night out with buddies, you'd be like, oh, coffee's coffee is one flavor. Beer, you could have IPAs, you could have stouts, you could have bush light, you could have all different kinds. It goes good with lunch, it goes good with dinner, it's a nice nightcap. Not that I literally, I, we kid around about this stuff. I don't drink all day, every day. Yeah, I know. You know, this is a joke, guys. But, yeah. No. It's a good question, though. Cause think it's a good it. question. No, I, I like coffee, I love coffee. Because I think I go coffee. Mm-mm. I enjoy trying new beers and, like, going to a... You know, we're going to be in Florida in two days. I'm going to try a local Florida beer. I'm not going to try a local Florida coffee. What the heck? Yeah. Paul DeLima. <laughs> Green Mountain. Uh, Folgers. What's the most asked question that you answer on Lone Duck's Instagram? Because you get a lot. Most asked. Hmm. Not that you got to answer it right here because we probably have answered it on a podcast and refer yeah. people to it. One thing that I we need to do a, a podcast on like we did with Forest Fetch would be obedience and steadiness. Those are things that aren't always easy, and there's many things, little tips that you can do to try. And every dog's different. You guys have been following long enough that every dog's a little different, so there's different things you can do for steadiness. There's different things you can do for obedience. Um, whining in the blind 
is like all the time. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if it starts as a puppy and like I make my dogs be quiet the minute they get home at eight weeks. You know, we don't stand for whining in the crate. We don't stand for a lot of stuff. And I think that kind of structure and discipline and I don't mean discipline harshly. I just mean like, no, not allowed. And then it's not allowed ever. So it never became a thing. They can't whine to get food. They can't whine to go outside. I don't want you to whine to go outside. I'll let you out when I tell you to go out. And I let them out all the time so they don't need to whine. So I don't know. I, I can't tell if or those early development things. But anyways, long story short, those are some things. Uh, if you read books, what's one that you would recommend? Uh, it was a half joke. What uh, What's your favorite bird to eat and how do you like to cook it? Although... You don't really cook it. You're saying because you cook? Yeah. I know you cook, but I like it how we posted on the Instagram and on live the other day. I love wood duck. I love mallard. I like shooting mallards the best out of any duck ever. Um, And I like eating them. And so how we cook them, my favorite would be in a skillet with butter, salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic, whap, whap, medium rare to rare. Eat it. Oh, my buddy that we just traded fish with, or we traded him some walleye and pickerel. Or no, he traded us that, and we gave him some duck and goose. That's how I told him to cook it, and he said it was unbelievable. Yeah, shoot or shoot, baby. Yep. Uh, you ever ask people, have people ask you to teach your dogs tricks? Uh, what Like what kind of tricks? I've had people ask me about teaching their dog how to get beer out of a fridge or a cooler. Um Carrie likes to teach dogs how to like shake yeah. and stuff. And I always get around back when I had Buck and I was a smart ass. They'd be like, well, do, you know, he doesn't shake. And I'm like, he doesn't need to shake. He goes out and gets my ducks. He knows how to stop on a whistle and go left. Like, does your your dog shakes, but can he go left when you tell him over? No, get out of here. That's my trick. Go pick up a 200-yard mark through ice water, crippled, diving on him. Uh when you order wings, how do you order wings? I like a medium, and I like them a little bit crispy. I don't like soggy wings. How many? My record's 31. What's the most amount of wings you've ever eaten? Do you take them down in one? I take two down in one. That's even weirder to say. Do you? All kidding aside, how do you eat a wing? Do you take, what's your favorite wing, the side wing or the, the drumstick? Drumstick. Really? Yeah. I like the side wing. It's a little yeah. more work. It's fun. And you know how people, like, put them in their mouth and, like, rip it out? Yeah, I can't do that. I try. I try and perfect that. I can't do it either. Nah. Are um, you a eat it to the bone or, like, a... Oh, you know what? Scratch medium. 24-karat gold at Randy's on the River, St. Bonaventure, New York. That's my go-to. Enough said. Was my go-to. Uh, what ducks you got left on your list? Canvasback, Pintail, Widgeon. Those are my number ones. I mean, you can get crazy get and talk about in. like a Harlequin and an Eider. I you shot the surf scoter. I haven't shot a surf scoter. Eider would be. Are we ever going to get our mounts? I talked to Rodney this week. All right. Yeah, maybe we can. Talk my mallard duck show. is almost done. Ooh, nice. Yeah, he sent me pictures. It's sick. Rodney. Rodney, my man. My man. All right. Uh, that's cool. What are, What about some places that you want to hunt? I still have yet to do an Arkansas flooded timber hunt. Yep, somebody We're asked supposed- if we could do a uh, podcast listener meetup hunt in the flooded timber sometime next season. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. I would love to do a client slash podcast listener where we like rent out a lodge and everybody chips in like it can't be free. I can't cover everybody. Jeez, I can barely cover myself. (laughs) But we all pitch in and we get a sick lodge somewhere and, you know, do a three day hunt. I think Kansas guides do that all the time. I know. I want to do like Kansas and Oklahoma. Those are bucket listers. Yep. Um, I want to uh, hunt know the people out that way. I know, dude. I tried. I want to do the prairie pothole region. I want to go to Canada. I want to hunt. Uh, there's a place. I'm not going to say the name, but there's a place not far from us. It's like a five hour ride, but it is in Canada and it's like Canvasback city. So I want to do that. So Canvasback, Pintail and Widgeon are on my bucket list for like near future. I've killed a bunch of different ducks, but. Not the king. Not the king. Uh, last question. Big game animals that you would be interested in hunting. You had talked about a little bit of meat eater action, things like that. Obviously, First of all, a little bit more big game, but is there anything that you'd be into that would I, be cool? I feel ashamed. I've never even killed a deer before. I've, I just don't deer hunt a lot, and I need to practice shooting still. I haven't shot still like ever I just shoot clay birds and I shoot ducks and I that's what I practice and I'm good at right I don't practice sitting still controlling my breathing controlling my heart rate relaxing and pulling the trigger I suck at it truthfully suck now where I was going with all this right but my point is like before I tell you like I want to go kill an elk like of course I do but I feel like I, I tried really hard this year to kill a deer like I would get my stuff done I do night sits I would get up early, air dogs, sit two hours for deer, and then go work all day. Like, I tried hard this year, and I, I didn't kill a deer. I missed one. Wasn't that far. I just suck. Sucks to suck. Yeah. So now my new goal is to, like, this winter, spring, summer, I want to a, one day a week go and shoot my rifle and my shotgun steadily, you know, steady shooting. Um, Bucket list. I think like a a big, a nice mule deer and an elk. Those are the two that just look up. You look at them, you're like, damn, yeah. But again, I feel like my heart would be pounding out of my chest, and I'd get buck fever and miss. So I need to get better at that first before I could ever go and take a big game animal. Yeah. You got any any questions from the Instagrammers? Uh, real quick before no, we end just, this, uh, where can we send a deposit to do a uh, podcast hunt and you can knock off cans in north carolina big cans in north carolina hey hey now hey oh all right everybody thank you for tuning in if you'd like do us a favor click subscribe click the old five star review um thank you to our sponsors thank you to you listeners you guys are the reason we do this it's now like 10 o'clock at night on a tuesday i gotta get up at 4 a.m but you make it worth it because you enjoy it and you text me via instagram and tell me you enjoy it and that truly truly means the world to us and that's why we're doing this stuff so thank you for tuning in until next week is next week christmas eve yeah yeah maybe monday but we'll get one done for you next week love you guys peace out 
Hey, patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Golfers is a community that we built to help you and your dog on your journey to next duck season. There's videos that don't hit YouTube. There's happy hours where we drink a couple beers and I answer your questions every other week. And by the way, if you join between now and September 1st, you're entered to win a hunt with me and Kevin and other Patreon members. So jump in. Let's go. Join the community. We appreciate it. And we'll see you there. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation, to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.